It's Friday night. It's seven o'clock. And it's time for the Bresbet Racing Show. On the show tonight, we've got all the racing news from the racing media. We've got the fixtures, of course. We've got a chat with Ben Godfrey, one of the most up-and-coming young jockeys around. And as usual, we talk to Jamie Snowden. And Nick Schofield. And Colin Brown. And of course, Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing will be joining us. Plus, we hope to have a few surprised extra guests as well. So all in all, an action-packed racing show for you this week here on Three Valleys Radio. Good evening, it's Friday night and it's time of course for the Three Valleys Radio Bresbet Racing Show. Hope you've had a good week and what a week it was ending at uh, Ascot with the uh, Shishkin Battle. My goodness me, what a race that was, lived up to all expectations. Fantastic. Anyway, we've got all the usual sort of stuff on the show this week, so let's get straight into it. And first of all, we will join Mike Patton for all the latest news from the racing media. Hello, and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News, which features all the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post, and of course, the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Patton, welcome to this week's edition, and our first story... Nicky Henderson called it a proper race. His jockey Nico de Bonville said it was one of the best he had been part of, but it was the young woman running down the escalator at Ascot who perhaps summed up Shiskin's defeat of Energimene. That was glorious, she explained. The racegoer was rushing with hundreds of others to make it to the winner's enclosure to welcome back the pugilists who had fought out a compelling Clarence House chase which delivered everything that was wished of it and more. Two unbeaten records over fences were on the line going into the contest, with Shiskin landing the Desert Orchid chase on his first start outside Novice Company last month, and an Ergemine doing the same when dismissing his rivals in the Hillyway chase at Cork. The two of them taking on each other outside the Cheltenham Festival felt like a victory itself for the Ascot crowd, who packed in around the paddock to see the runners limber up and filled the lawns in front of the stands to watch them compete. 
Once the starter's flag dropped, not one set of eyes was drawn away from the action as an Urgermine went forward and jockey Paul Townend asked Shiskin to come by and beat him if he was up to the task. An Urgermine jumped his fences efficiently and he jumped them fast while Shiskin was the scruffier as his rival asked him to exert himself at a tempo higher than previously faced in battle. Down the hill, the unrelenting pace drew an error from Shiskin as he pecked on landing after the sixth fence. Townend pressed on, his tactics unchanged and his challenge unfaltering. Shiskin tapped tabs, but it was not easy. The presence of last year's winner, First Flow, who had captured the contest 12 months ago under a dynamic and aggressive ride from David Bass, complicating matters as he tried to vainly hang on alongside the two superstars. Clearing the last down the side, first flow was dropped, and Shiskin was hard at work with two fences remaining and the anticipation building in the stands. Two out, Shiskin still trailed, and in Emergermine still poured it on at the front. At the final fence, it was still the Irish challenger who was clear, as he was with half a furlong and then a quarter of a furlong to go. But it was Shiskin, the relentless, unstoppable Shiskin, who fought his way back to lead with mere yards to go to claim victory. De Bonville punched the air with delight, and Townend bowed his head in despair. It was special today, because when you get that sort of build-up, it creates a lot of excitement, Henderson said. It was a proper race. Two out, it looked as though we were on the ropes. But one thing this horse does is try and find for you. It's the biggest fight he's been in today. And the biggest fight they've both been in. And he doesn't give up. It was Shiskin's courage that gave de Bonville the confidence to believe he would catch Energemin going to the final fence, even if it took nearly until the finish line to do so. I thought we were starting to get him going to the last, and after that he just motored away, the jockey said. All credit to the horses in behind him, because that was one of the best races I've ever been involved in. For Willie Mullins, the race produced somewhat different feelings as the trainer was left wondering how he would be able to defeat Shiskin in the Queen Mother Champion chase. The horse ran his heart out and Paul gave him a terrific ride, he said. Nico de Bonville was excellent on Shiskin and, of course, Shiskin did what he always does. He pretends to be beaten and then he nabs you on the line. Although, to be fair, he usually does it a bit earlier than that. It's going to be difficult for us. I hope we're not going to be far away from him at Cheltenham, but it's going to be difficult to turn it around. If I was looking at it as a neutral, I would say Shiskin just has the edge. God knows what he had left in the locker as well. Bookmakers back the view taken by Mullins, with Coral cutting Shiskin to four to six from evens, while pushing Energamine out to three to one from nine to four, and Paddy Power shortening the winner to one to two from eleven to ten for the champion chase in March. The performance of Shiskin and Energamine were enough for both sets of connections to want to do it again. A point not lost on Henderson as he tried to assess quite what had just unfolded in front of him. The nice thing is, there is going to be a rematch now, he said. There's nothing between them, and if we can both get them there, it's going to be fascinating and a lot of fun. But this is only round one, and round two is next, and it is for the championship. You can't usually win a two-mile chase in the first furlong, but you can certainly lose it. And what happened in the first ten seconds helped make sure we got the great race we were hoping for. 
Had first flow taken on in Urgemeen up front, forcing him out of his comfort zone, making him go quicker than he wanted. The leader might well have been a sitting duck for Shiskin later on. In fact, Paul Townend was able to grab a two-length lead fairly comfortably going into the first fence, and it was soon clear there was going to be no cutting of each other's throats. Shiskin settled handily in third place and was actually a couple of length adrift of first flow at the second fence. With an Urgeming seemingly almost coasting in the lead, Nico de Bonville was quick to close the gap on the second to prevent any danger of being caught out of his ground. However, the downhill section can always be trappy, and having got close to the fifth fence, Shiskin, uh, who had moved into second by this stage, pitched notably on landing at the next. After another good jump by an Urgemeen at the eighth, starting the uphill climb, Shiskin found himself back in third place and was starting to be pushed along slightly from the next, which would have been worrying for anyone who had never seen him race before. But a mid-race flat spot should never be seen as a sign that the best chaser in training is beaten, and he moved readily back into second place on the turn for home. Although de Bonville was asking for far more than town end at the top of the straight, this is where his mount invariably comes good. Having traded at 7-8 to eight in running on Betfair, and still nearly two lengths down, two out, the challenger was starting to find plenty, and, crucially, the leader had not sewn things up and was coming under pressure himself. Shiskin is a strong staying two-miler who is never better than at the finish. If he jumps the last in contention, he is mighty difficult to stop, and it was no surprise that he was able to force his head in front inside the last 100 yards. Paul Townend was able to dictate from the off, set the pace that was ideal for his mount, and did nothing wrong on the hugely talented Inurgemeen. He simply came up against an even better horse on the day. And here's our next story here on the uh, Sporting News. When you're a £570,000 brother of Duvan Racing in the colours of J.P. McManus, your every move will be scrutinised. John Mon might not have impressed everyone as he extended his unbeaten record under rules to four in this trial for the Skybet Supreme Novices hurdle in March, but he navigated his way through a rough race to score comfortably enough at the line. Paddy Power pushed out his supreme odds to four to one from seven to two, although the sponsors left him unchanged at three to one after the two to five favourite failed to win as easily as his odds suggested. It was workmanlike and in stark contrast to Nicky Henderson trained stablemate Constitution Hill's Tolworth Hurdle romp, but Aidan Coleman was accentuating the positives after John Bomb battled his way to victory, giving five pounds to all his rivals. He said, It's a sharp two miles round here and the ground is tacky, and it was very hard work. He went away and pulled up in the last half furlong, which happens here at Haydock. On that ground, you're not going to see a horse win on the bridle today. In his last two races, he tipped away in front and had it easy, but today was a much more end-to-end gallop, and we really quickened turning in. Through no fault of his own, John Bond had a coming together with Donny Boy at the third last and had to be switched by Coleman. It wasn't ideal, as it was for the fastest point of the race and every horse quickens at that bit. He found a lovely stride, but the horse missed it and went right and we landed in the back of him, said the jockey. 
Everything went well apart from that, and he's got another win under his belt, and we're very happy. He's so straightforward, and we can stop talking about him being precocious, because he's not. He's a lovely ride, and he's beat a good field. John Bond showed a tendency to lug left at times, but Coleman said, He's got a bit lonely up in the straight. I brought him wide down the back straight, and he jumped good and straight. People look for stories with him all the time. Henderson was happy with his performance and said, I thought that was good. It was a different test today, a speed track, very soft ground. They quickened once in the straight, and you thought he's got something to do here, but he got there nicely. Then he quickened again, and I like horses that can quicken twice. He's gone right away at the end. I'd say job done. Asked about the Cheltenham clash with Constitution Hill, he said, at the moment they both look like supreme horses to me. And next up, here on the Racing News. A tilt at the champion's hurdle is on the cards for Tommy's Oscar, after he extended his winning streak to four at Haydock. Handicap victories at this venue, Doncaster and Musselburgh, have seen the seven-year-old's mark rise from 138 to 156, earning him a step up to Grade 2 level for the new one Unibet Hurdle. The 4-7 to favourite was given a cool ride by champion conditional Danny McMenamin, who was happy to sit several lengths behind last year's winner Navajo Pass and Global Citizen for much of the way and Hamilton's charge readily made up the ground in the home straight and was driven out after the final flight to beat the latter by five lengths. Coral cut Tommy's Oscar to 25-1 to from 33-1 to for the champion hurdle, and despite having doubts about the suitability of the undulating track at Cheltenham, Connections will consider giving it a go. Hamilton's husband Ian said, he couldn't have done it any easier really he was there to be shot at today odds on favorite and he had quite a bit to lose and not a lot to gain he's seven he's improving all the time we bought him as a three mile chaser but he doesn't stay he's a two miler i'm chuffed to bits with him if someone will drive the box we'll go to cheltenham the only thing is he's been winning races here and at musselburgh and they are flat trucks cheltenham is very undulating which will be different and I suppose we've got to give it a go. And Hamilton is of a similar mindset, adding, The horses are very well this year. Next year they might not be. Things might go wrong, so we'll probably have a go. It was quite a hard watch for a bit, until they turned in from the bottom corner when Danny started to move up. He's a lovely horse and he tries his best. If we're going to go to Cheltenham this year, is the year to do it, when the horses are well. And our final story here on the Racing News this week. Minella Drama stamped his class on the Patrick Coyne Memorial Altcar Novices Chase. Fifth in the Grade 1 Henry VIII Novices Chase at Sandown last month, Donald McCain's charge was the 85-40 to 40 favourite as he stepped up top two and a half miles in the hands of Brian Hughes. The seven-year-old moved smoothly to the lead early in the home straight. While Hardy de Sewell threatened to make a race of it, Minella Drama was nine and a half lengths too good. McCain said, I couldn't believe he wasn't favourite to begin with because we think he's a grade one performer. It's been a slow process with him because he's wild. But Adrian Lane, the assistant trainer, rides him every day and has done a great job with him because he's not easy. It was always the plan to come here, but we felt we had to run him over two miles a few times first to get the freshness out of him. 
Aintree has been discussed, but what before then, I don't know, because he's difficult to make plans for. Brian wants me to go to air, which comes first this year. This has been the racing news from the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden. Thanks for listening and join us again next time. OK, let's have a look and see where we can go racing this weekend. Well, you can start with seven races over the jumps at Doncaster with a 12.25 start. Seven races over the jumps at Utoxeter, 12.38 start. Seven races over the jumps at Cheltenham. 12.45 start. Seven races over the flat uh, at Lingfield on the all-weather with a 12.52 start. And also seven races on the flat over the all-weather, but this time at Kempton with a 4.30 start. And if you fancy going to South Africa, there's some racing on the flat at Kenilworth in South Africa. And on Sunday, you can nip off to Sedgefield, where there are seven races over the jumps at one o'clock. Also, seven races over the jumps at Nass in Ireland, 1.10 start, and seven races over the jumps at Fontwell with a 1.20 start. Have you ever wondered how easy it is to get into horse racing as a jockey, or even a trainer, I guess, as well? Well, we're going to talk to a young jockey now who's really beginning to make his mark in the national hunt racing world. He rides fairly regularly for Anthony Honeyball, and his name is Ben Godfrey. Tell me, Ben, I mean, when when did you, you know, go, go right back to day one sort of thing. When did you first get on the back of a horse or a pony? Um, I've been riding riding horses and, well, ponies for as long as I can remember, really. Um, I mean, done it done it probably before I could walk, and, and it's just um, progressed and progressed. And, and then I got a, a racing pony when I was nine years old. Um and, and went pony racing, and and from there it's just the bug for racing came about, and um and, and we're, we're still doing it now. So um, it's, it's a bug that entices you in, and, and it's it's you no, know, it's a great sport. So mm, absolutely, and of course there is a certain element of it in your blood, I think, because uh, I'm right in saying that that Harry Cobden's your cousin, is it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, he's my cousin. Um, so yeah, mum was a Copton, and she she rode rode a bit as well. Um, and uh, cat the amateur license, and um, yeah, so there's a bit in the blood there, and it's is is all come from there really. So, so so you, you you've got this this racing pony then, and you're you're off pony racing. I mean, most kids of your age would go and want to get a, a go kart or a motorcycle. How come you've got a pony? <laughs> um, we we we. we. I I'd had um sort of ponies, like all round ponies and done a bit of show jumping and, and cross country and, and pony club and things like that. So um once I was old enough to go pony racing I just I like the speed and the adrenaline. Um so that was that was something that I really wanted to do. Um and so so it started from there really. So having got it into your blood, as it were, and, and you know you, you you've been sold on the drug, as it were. I suppose it's just like a drug, really. That once you once you get started with yeah. it. Um, how did the story go from, well, let's say, from sort of ten to to by the time you're sort of fifteen or sixteen, when presumably you're getting physically bigger and, and obviously able to handle a, a bigger horse at that point? Um, yeah. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't always really sure what I was I was going to do, but. Um, I really enjoyed the pony racing and, and, and I got bigger and I got a bigger pony then um, and my last couple seasons I had uh, plenty of success on her 
um, and and it was kind of getting to the point then where you, you're talking about things in school, what you're going to do after, and everything like that. And it and it really hit me then that I thought like I want to go go pointing and and um, and see how it goes and go from there and 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 try and go down the racing racing route really. Mm. Um, and 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 luckily luckily that's what we did so when you were doing the the pony racing was that jumping or just flat or what just just flat yeah um and and i've done a lot a lot of hunting and cross country and things like that so i I quite like the jumping um and i was i watching watching racing on the weekends and cheltenham festival and things like that like i just there was something about the jump racing that just had that much more appeal to me so it was kind of like the pony racing was great but when i was old enough to then go pointing that's what i wanted to do to to have that buzz of of, um jumping fences at speed so so what did all your mates at Wadham think about it then that, that you know there you were I'm going off I'm going to be a jockey um uh, at the at the time they yeah um kind of it wasn't it's nothing really said about it now but like um nowadays uh, I, uh, a lot of them get in contact with me and and um wish me well when when I've done well and 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 everything like that and are following it quite closely which is um is is lovely like to mm. to think that they're there sat there watching me and probably losing a lot of money on me <laughs> um, but no they they a lot of them a lot of them really enjoy following the horse racing um, yeah. now and i suppose because they've got that connection with me that it, it kind of it there's that extra interest to follow it as well yeah you know someone in it yeah absolutely and uh, so it's, it's now it's uh hello ben you got any tips <laughs> yeah yeah and <laughs> I'm definitely the wrong person to be asking for tips. <laughs> we, we did we did a Cheltenham sweet steak at uh, work and and I didn't I didn't um, produce too many winners. Put it that way. <laughs> oh dear, never mind. Mind you, having said that, I don't think many people did with the Irish being so dominant because a they were a they were Irish. B the prices were so ridiculously short that you didn't feel that you wanted to back them anyway. So uh, I think I think most well I certainly suffered in that connection anyway. So. Um, <laughs> There you go. So tell, I mean, it must have been, I, I assume, quite hard um, from the point of view of going from pony racing up into point to points. So, I mean, how difficult did you find the, 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 the jump? How did you get the rides? I mean, did you have many people supported you from a point of view of giving you rides? Um, I was very lucky. Um, um, Chloe Newman trains a few pointers um the other side of Kruker and, and mm. she's my mum's cousin and, and they have they had a horse called Sober Trezor who was like the perfect school schoolmaster type. Mm. Um so I, I I went over and I was riding him out as and when I could and did a bit of schooling before I could ride pointing and then I was very lucky um at my local hunts point to point I um managed to um ride in in my last pony race and then have my first ride point in half an hour later all right yeah so so that was brilliant because i didn't have too much time to sort of sit around waiting for my first ride point and i had the pony race to think about first and then we were straight on the, the pointer sort of thing and yeah um luckily everything went to plan and we won but i can't i can't really remember too much of that day because it it all went by so quick and and it was um no a great day one so, i'll always remember so you won your first rate your first point to point race over jumps which is 
yeah, well, that's something to think about, I should think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you know, it was kind of very good then. We weren't chasing the first winner, um, but the trouble was then it was only downhill from there, and <laughs> that's that's the most disappointing thing because there's no feeling like winning, and mm. um, it, it would be a predominantly losing sport. You come away with a lot more losers than you do winners, um, but it's something you, you sort of take as and when it comes and um you know it's great riding the winners and yeah and then and then we just yeah we we had another we rode him then a couple late weeks later um back at the same track and finished second um and then um i was waiting all summer um for the for the next point to point season to come around and um we we picked up i probably probably had about 40, 50 point-to-point rides all in all in about two years. So, um, no, it wasn't wasn't too bad. We, we had rode for a good few people and, and had a good bit of support. So, mm. Did you did you ride any for uh, Jack Barber? Uh, no, I didn't. No, no, I was I was cu- I was currently working just up the road from him um, at Harry Fry's at the time. Yeah. Um, and and he he had his jockeys and and plenty of lads in there that yeah. were in there every day. Um, so they were they were riding his horses. Yeah, but, but I mean, presumably Harry Fry have, does he have pointers? I'm not, I'm not sure. Is he? I wouldn't know that. No, he was National Hunt. So yeah. Um, I then yeah, I then picked up a couple rides um, as an amateur for him. Um. Before then, I, I, I moved on and, and turned conditional. Um, but my first two two rides under rules for, were for Harry and his wife Kira mm-hmm. um, in a hunt later that week, and 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 they both won. So my first two rides under rules were winners. Um, so it was kind of the same again from from the first ride point to point. And with the first winner was out of the way, and we weren't chasing, trying to chase a win. Um, for, for months on end like some people do we're very mm. fortunate like that but then the 100% strike rate doesn't last for too long <laughs> but uh, no wonder Matt, Matt Chapman was singing your praises on ITV then I mean this, this sounds like a sort of a you know a fairy tale come true really yeah no it was the, the starts and that were, were unbelievable and, and to get winners straight away it was it was great and then the trouble is, it's trying to trying to maintain that and 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 keep it going, and and you soon learn that yeah, it's not it's not as easy as just winning races. Um, there's a lot lot in in in, in the middle of it all. Um, and and then when you when you can't ride a winner, and you go a couple of months without one, you kind of realise how lucky I was to be able to be in that situation to to ride them horses and, and win on them mm. and make the start that I did. So, how old are we now? And are we sixteen, seventeen at this point, or what? Um, yeah, about seventeen then. Um, yeah. And you're working for Harry um, Fry. Working for Harry Fry, yeah. What, um, just sort of in, in in the stables, sort of uh, what would you call it? A stable, yeah. a stable lad is the sort of yeah, rather un, right, yeah. un, un, un complimentary name for it. I was thinking, well, we'd give him something a little bit more. Um, well, it sounds it sounds very de- demeaning. I think a, a stable lad. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so, so you so you're uh, doing that. You know, mucking out and and generally riding out and and doing what you do as a stable lad. Yeah. Um, how many rides yeah. were you getting at this particular point? Then you know, were you getting many? 
Um, I, at that time, um, while I was now much there, I probably I probably had about only only six rides um, under rules, I think. Um, but we were tipping away, having a handful of rides um, on on the weekend at point to points um, that we were picking up. So mm. yeah. We were, we were sort of working there all week, and then and then trying to get rides on the weekend and go pointing and and have a bit of fun. So you you were doing the um, you were doing the pointing at the same time then as as, as working for Harry Fry. So it wasn't as though you weren't yeah. getting any rides at all. It was just the under rules exactly, was limited, yeah. but the point of pointers were still yeah. coming your way. I was and, still very yeah, young and, and inexperienced, but we were, we had a couple of rides under rules and yeah, and and we're trying to learn learn them when we were getting the rides on the pointing sir. Well, there you go. That was Ben Godfrey giving you a bit of an insight in how difficult it is to get into the world of horse racing. But uh, he's certainly going places, and he's definitely a name to watch. Last Saturday, of course, saw the big showdown up at Ascot between Shishkin and the Murgadin. Um And I managed to catch up with Andrew Thornton to see what his view of the race turned out to be. Before we get started, though, I want to just ask you, what did you make of the, uh, the big showdown at Ascot on Saturday? I thought it was it lived up to the billing. Um, you know, very few things do in life. You know, it's often an anticlimax, but I'm pleased to say this probably exceeded all the hype. Yeah. Um, and you know, it just delivered in spades. It was a a true run race. Um, you know, there was the, the odd Omanar when Shishkin pecked on landing. I think it was back at the third fence down the hill, which it wasn't, it wasn't a mistake. It was just the horse balancing himself and pitching, but I suppose when the crowd see it and the commentator emphasises it, there's the big ooh and the big ah, yeah. and uh, it adds to the excitement. Yeah. And it was it was just a it was a good clean fight and a brilliant horse race. Do you see um, the? I'm, I'm going to call him the Irish horse because I can't pronounce the name. Emergamine. Um, yeah, Emergamine. Do you see? Uh, do you see him turning it around at all in the, in the next time? That, I suppose it'll be next time at Cheltenham now. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I I, I don't. Um, but I, I think it could be just as tight because yeah. you know that was his first run of the season. Yeah. Uh, Shishkin had had a run under his belt. I was, you know, Willie Mullins didn't make any excuses that it was his first run of the season and he didn't prove for it. Yeah. I think he felt he had him pretty much where he wanted him. But, you know, both horses aren't computers. They've got to turn up healthy and well on the day. Yeah. And if 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 one of them, you know, we, we've seen it plenty of times before, haven't we? Yeah. That horses sometimes, you take them there thinking they're 100%, but um, they've got to perform up there best at Cheltenham in that if you are one or two percent below your best you'll get found out so you just hope they get there healthy and well and you know it's a different track different experience but Shishkin does have a good record around Cheltenham so and Ergamine we've yet to see him around there so in that respect it's a it's an it's another home game for Shishkin yeah I must admit though I was surprised to see Shishkin, you know, so far back when it came to the running, I, I, you know, I mean, I was impressed with the way he made up the ground and, and won the race, but I was surprised that he had to do that. So I was expecting him to be in the lead anyway at that point. I think what he, he isn't, he's not a sprinter sacker and an altiar. He's mm. not that quick. And even at home, 
Nico de Bonville will tell you he's, he doesn't burn up the gallops. He's not a flashy workhorse. Yeah. He's a he's a horse who's got the ability to win over two miles, but in my book, he'd have the he'd have the ability to stay three. Yeah. You know, yeah. now I'll even go past two and a half. He's a he's a th- real good staying two miler. Whenever you watch his races, his best part of the race, it's not at the beginning, it's not in the middle. He finishes his races off exceptionally well. And he only kicks into gear after about a mile and six furlongs. Yeah. So yeah. in that respect, he's a he's not your typical two miler, but he's just got so much ability that you can still win over that trip. I think personally <laughs> he'd be better over further but as Nicky Henderson would tell you there's no point going any further if you have the ability to win over the minimum trip well I just happened to be interviewing Andrew Taunton for another programme on the radio station so I thought I'd ask him what he thought of the big race now it's time to catch up with our friends up north at Bresbet obviously it's a slightly quieter weekend this weekend but there's some big racing at uh, Cheltenham and at Doncaster and Bresbet have got a double where they're enhancing the price of Champ and Chantry House as uh, a double to 9-2 to two from 7-2 to two. so that's quite an interesting uh, bet to start with and then we can go on to the football and catch up with Sam so uh, football looks a bit quiet uh, again uh, this weekend Sam with no Premier League games obviously they're midweek uh, mid-season break but um, have you got any football specials? Yeah, so Championship looks like the main area of focus this weekend with the absence of the Premier League. Um, some fixtures where you would expect the favourites to win. We've, we've put a treble together. We've gone for Bournemouth away at struggling Barnsley. Yeah. Fulham at home against Blackpool. I mean, Fulham can't stop scoring at the moment. They're in flying form. Yeah. And West Brom away at Millwall will be looking to avenge their defeat the other night at home against Preston. They seem like the the three most popular selections in the league tomorrow, and we've boosted that from seven to two out to nine to two for the treble. All right, okay, yeah, that's good. That can't be bad. But other than that, um, all the other ones are on your specials page, presumably, are they? Yeah, there'll be there'll be specials built throughout the day in game specials, um, specifically on the televised games. Really, my yeah. beloved Sheffield United are on tomorrow night against Peterborough. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure we'll have something there for that. Yeah, and of course we've got the African Nations Cup as well going on. Um, I don't know who's actually playing tomorrow. In fact, half of the countries I've never even heard of, so uh, I don't know whether you have or not. I think there's been some surprises in there. I mean, some of the games have been absolutely hectic with, I'd I'd like to say on the referee's side, we had the the guy who blew up for full-time three times in the same game. We've had red cards, penalties aplenty. Um, Cameroon look a real warm order they're the home nation they've got what looks a nice fixture against Gambia uh, but you've got a few surprises in there too I don't think many people would have had Burkina Faso this far into the tournament so mm, it's, no. it's definitely been an interesting watch should I say yeah definitely <laughs> the other thing for me to touch on I think Katie is the yeah. obviously we're getting to the closing stages of the Australian Open now yeah, yeah. Um, from from our perspective at Bresdale we had a bit of a result earlier with I hope I'm saying this right City Pass uh, the Greek player going out, he was our, our biggest liability in the men's side of the draw. Uh-huh. So we were pleased to see him exit the competition today. Yeah. But we've still got the, the bogey of Ashley Barty hanging over us in the women's side. So we'd, we'd be open for a result over the weekend on, on Ashley Barty. Hmm. 
Okay then, Sam. Well, um, you know, best of luck on those. I'm sure the punters won't be agreeing with you on that, but still, especially if they're <laughs> on Ashley Barter. But um, yeah, no. Um, but otherwise, I suppose it's a question of go to bresbet.com and you will find a wealth of information on there as to uh, what sort of sport's going on and what you can bet on. Perfect. Okay, mate. Well, we'll look forward to that. Thanks for joining us. No doubt we'll speak to you again same time next week. Thanks very much, Adep. Okay, thanks, Sam. Sweet, sweet memories you gave me. You can't beat the memories you gave me. Take one fresh and tender kiss. Time to go back in the old memory banks and go back to 2014. The Queen Mother Champion Chase at Cheltenham. And a certain Jamie Moore on Sire de Grugy. Some grief, some joy, memories are made of this. They're off. Racing for the Bet Victor Queen Mother Champion Chase. Two miles the trip straight into the league goes Special TR at a decent pace early on as they rise at the first with Arvika Legionnaire who was straight. Over the first, back of the field, Kit Cassidy is held up. The pace is good. Special Tiara leads from Summersby Sizing Europe and Arvika Legionnaire. That quartet ahead of Module. Bailey Green next. Captain Cohn already just chased along for a few strides. Pink jacket with the blue cap. Side of Grugy in no hurry at this stage. The red covers with a white face towards the inside as they head on towards the third. Special Tiara, Sizing Europe and Arvika Legionnaire. Summersby towards the inside. Got very warm beforehand. Maroon cap jumps it in fourth place. Bailey Green reached for it. Hinterland gave it a belt. The module races in fifth place. Sider Grugy and Captain Conan race in seventh and eighth as they take fence number four. Wishful thinking Kid Cassidy jumped out to the right at the rear of the field as they make their turn away. Special Tiara, who didn't take that previous fence as well, has been joined by Arvika Legionnaire and Summersby. They've now gone a couple of lengths clear from Sizing Europe, who shows in fourth place. Module is in fifth as they work away from the stands. Bailey Green from Sider Grugy. Captain Conan again was a little sluggish away from that. He's being chased along at the back of the field. One from the tail not travelling at all early on with wishful thinking and Interland just preceding that one as they move now down the side of the race course. So on towards another plain one. Fast and Furious up front. Arvika Legionnaire stretches out over that. Still with a, an advantage from racing in second place. Uh, on the outside, Sizing Europe has always been pretty handy. Special Tiara and Summersby are the next pair as they head towards the water jump. Uh, module rises in fifth with Bailey Green and at the back of the field, Captain Conan has been pulled up. Captain Conan has been pulled up. Before that obstacle, never travelled from an early stage and is out of the race. Sider Grugy is now in about seventh place as they stride over that with Hinterland. Wishful thinking didn't take it too well. Back of the field is Kit Cassidy. Battle joined up front again as Summersby moves through. It's been frenetic up there. Summersby from Arvika Legionnaire, special tiara. Uh, then racing in uh, fourth place, sizing Europe. In fifth for Bailey Green. Pushed along on the inside is Module. Sider Grugy in no hurry in seventh. Hinterland races eighth, then Kit Cassidy and Wishful Thinking as they turn towards the ditch at the top of the hill. Summersby, Special Tiara, Sizing Europe is uh, over next. Uh, Hinterland has uh, been unseated after Bailey Green fell. Bailey Green fell, hampered, and Hinterland's been unseated. Sider Grugy is travelling up well now into about fifth place. So, plenty of drama here. Special Tiara leads the descent with Summersby and Sizing Europe. There's then a couple of lengths back to Module in third. Sider Grugy is in a fifth place at this stage. They're away from Arvika Legionnaire, who's dropped right out. Kit Cassidy is struggling to get on turn. 
firm, so running downhill and racing towards the third last. Summersby away to the right, Special Tiara in the blue colours. Over in third is Sizing Europe, Sider Gruji into fourth place. Module is in fifth, and these five are now breaking away from the others with wishful thinking, trying to stay on into sixth place. Three deep, they make the turn back towards home with Sider Gruji tracking the leading trio. Summersby over on the far side in the green, Sizing Europe in the red cap. Is there one final hurrah? Sider Gruji nips up the inside of Special Tiara and has got there travelling well. This is two from home. Summersby, Sider Gruji jumps alongside, then Sizing Europe back in third and down towards the last. Sider Gruji comes to take the Queen Mother Champion chase. It's three lengths clear. Summersby back in second, Sizing Europe in third, Module in fourth, driven out up the running. Sider Gruji has seized the opportunity this season and he's going to land the biggest prize of all for the Preston family and friends. A first Cheltenham success for Jamie Moore. Gary Moore trains Sider Gruji to win the Red Victor, Queen Mother Champion Chase. Summersby and Module, it's very tight for second place. They were away. And now here's jockey Jamie Moore with his recollections of that big ring. Hi Jamie, thanks very much for coming on and joining us on the show. Sider Bruschi. Hello. 2014 Queen Mother Chase. What could you remember about it? What could I remember? Um, he was going in there as quite a warm favourite. Um, he'd won. He got beat once that season, but he'd had a busy campaign. He was, he was winning everything. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, yeah, and, and we fancied him very strongly. Um, and I was looking forward to riding him. He's a horse that I'd won. Well, in the end of his career, I won 17 races on, so I, I knew the horse pretty well. So. Yeah, had yeah. a game plan and um, yeah, it was, it was a good day for me. Well, look, I'm not a jockey and I don't know anything too much about <coughs> tactics, but having watched the race, it seemed to me that in terms of timing, it was a perfect example of how to win a race because you you know you were out the back for quite a while and then you slowly moved up and before you knew what, you were suddenly in the lead. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I had a plan in my head. The thing is with him, he, he was always. He, he probably only just about he he got two miles well enough, but he was very much a speed horse. Yeah. Um, he he had a hell of a lot of speed. He had a hell of a lot of, a lot of jump in him as well. Um, yeah. He was a very very bold jumper. Um, you could ask him for long ones, and he, he would do long long ones without him asking. You know, he was yeah. he he was electric really. Uh, and that day, I just had a plan: kind of drop him in mid divish, go down the inner. If we could, um, and it, they they went a very fast gallop, as you imagine, a special tiara making a run and being a queen mother, that yeah. they ain't gonna they ain't gonna be crawling, um, which suited him. And he, yeah, he, he just snuck away around nice. I remember getting to the top wheel, I was still like cruising, and I actually said to Ruby Walsh, because um, he's won plenty of big races, I said, "What do I do?" Oh, wait now or go, or go chasing he said no go go chasing because I'm I'm actually the opposite sort of I'm sort of right that would probably get there too soon than waiting because yeah. Sire used to fill me with so much confidence you could you, it was all just effortless for him but Ruby said no go, go chasing now. so I thought well I'll best kick on then <laughs> um, and then I went chasing down special tiara size in Europe Summersby the gap opened up on the inside rounding the bend got up special tiara dinner there and then there's a split between size in Europe and Summersby two out. Um, got 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 through that and it came down to last and I made it on a perfect stride. Um, and then he, he just went away and and won won the race. 
pretty pretty easy easy really yeah. um it must be it must be a huge thrill for you though when you you're cruising along and you know you've got a lot of horse under you and then suddenly this little gap opens up and away you go i mean it must be like manna from heaven isn't it yeah i mean but the thing is with sire the gaps opened because he was so fast yeah like it's like you, you do need the gaps to open but in the in flat races they might not open because you're stuck against the rail and yeah. horses always quickening jump racing they're all quickening at different stages some aren't as quick as others so in a jump race the gap usually does appear if if you just hold your nerve for a second um yeah. but like side of he the speed he he possesses was was well, he possessed was just just phenomenal. So um, yeah, yeah. I was kind of never really worried about getting trouble in running, but no, it all went very smoothly, really. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, look, thank you very much. Before you go, though, I must just ask you one question: What's it like? Do you have a lot of competition between you and your brother Ryan? Ryan, uh, <laughs> I know he's I know he's flat racing, but I mean, you know, is there much sort yeah. of family uh, rivalry, should we say? No, no, not at all. Not at all. No. Um, no, I, I mean, I've, he, for me, he's the best jockey in the world. Yeah. Um, he's phenomenal. Um, yeah. <laughs> It'd be a one-sided competition if I was in competition with him, I know that. <laughs> so, he, um, he gets more rice yeah. than you, though, uh, Jamie, doesn't he? I know. He's, <laughs> he's, 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 uh, he's, he's up there with, for me, he's up there with Piggy and Dottori, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Um, no, he's, he's different gear, absolutely different gear. Well, look, Jamie, thank you ever so much for coming on the show. Really I'd like to say that's all everything he knows, but I didn't. Sorry, what did you yeah, say? No trouble. Uh, um, I said, I'd like to say I taught him everything he knows, but I didn't. <laughs> Go on, I should take the claim if I were you. <laughs> but listen, thanks ever so much for coming yeah, on. Yeah, I really yeah. appreciate your time. And uh, maybe we can no come trouble, on and mate. have a chat with you again when you win some more big races. You might be waiting a while. Welcome, mate. <laughs> okay, thanks, Jamie. Speak to you again. Cheers for now. Cheers, mate. Thank bye you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, that was Jamie Moore uh, reminiscing about his ride on Sire de Grugy. Now we're going to pop over to Pond House over at Wellington and have a quick. Yeah, David. Th first of all, you've um, you've lost one of your your long-serving um, horses, V. Leon Rouge. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He's retired, so. Um, he had a great career, um, great that he goes out in one piece. Um, so he'll have a happy retirement somewhere. And, you know, do you find it hard when you, you get a long-serving horse like that that you know has been good for you to, you know, when they go and retire? I mean, I think great from the point of view that, as you say, that they're in one piece, but uh, you're missing out on a great character, no doubt. Yeah, well, we'll miss him when he goes, but he's staying, staying for a while. Um you know, um, but um, we can reflect on what a great career he had, and uh, you know he's fantastic for his owner, Professor Caroline Tisdale, and yeah. and for Pontash. Yeah, yeah. Um, weekend, you had a couple of winners, uh, one at Wincanton, one at Taunton. That must have uh, pleased you. Yeah, yeah. No, El Paso would uh, won nicely in the Somerset National, and um, uh, obviously heard what Taunton, King of the West. Um, yeah, he's he. He thought he was a nice horse at home and uh, confirmed it on the track. Yeah. And, you know, how are you finding things in... I mean, obviously, it's, it's a couple of months yet to Cheltenham, but I presume that, you know, the whole plan is now to lead up to Cheltenham, get the horses fit and ready to go. How's it all going generally? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Um, yeah, no, I, don't, I doubt we'll have that many at Cheltenham this year, but um, 
Um, hopefully Adagio will go for the champion hurdle and we'll have a few others. Yeah. Has the weather and the frost been, uh, apart from the fact that you've got cold when you're out on the gallops, has it been much of a, uh, a nuisance to the preparations? No, you you, you get it every year, um, you know, so uh, you learn to uh, adapt to it. Yeah. I should think it's a very exciting prospect of getting up at six o'clock in the morning to go out in those frosty mornings. Yeah, well, it's um, better in the summer when the sun's out, but um, you can't have it always. No, that's right. Have you got any runners this weekend? Uh, we've got Eden Dehoe runs at Cheltenham in the two and a half mile handicap. Uh, he's run well twice this season. Um, he'll have no weight. Um, he, yeah, he should run well. Would want softer ground. Uh, but uh, should run well. And then we've got Grange Clare Glory at, uh, at Doncaster, who has been running consistently well and would have a chance there. So, all in all, everything's going as smooth as a well-oiled machine, then, is it? Well, um, it's going okay at present. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. But th- thanks for joining us, David. And, um, you know, best of luck over the weekend. I hope you have a successful one. Well, that was David Pipe down at Wellington. And now we're going to join up with Jamie Snow. Good afternoon, sir. How are you today? Good morning, AD. Yeah, very well. Thank you very much. How are you? Oh, yeah, you know, plodding on as we do, as we have to, really. Um, so what what sort of a weekend have you had, basically? Are the horses still running well? Yeah, I had a good time. Um, yeah, hey, lovely to see the, the good old boy Hogan's Hype winning again. Um, yeah. plenty, of, plenty of paced efforts. I thought... Uh, Hardy Desoy ran a belter to finish second in the grade two up at Haydock. Um, Thomas McDonough was only beaten a length up there, and uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been um, been a good weekend, really. Really good. Um, and what about this weekend? Have you got much to run in this weekend? We've got uh, we've got one on Friday at Huntingdon, Present Valley. Um, he won last time out, so um, gone up in the weights, but he'd have a have a squeak again. Right. Um, rep- representing Bob. Um, I think he's probably going to run again as well. So not not too many entries, but um, yeah, hopefully those those both have a decent chance. Yeah, well they've won before, haven't they? Because I know representing Bob has um, as well. So that's uh, that's another good point, really. Um, so as a uh, as a leading trainer, what did you think of the big battle at uh, at Ascot last weekend? Yeah, well it was, it was wonderful to see um, Shiskin against Energy, and I thought um, it was a it was a cracking horse race, and and. Um, it's it's what racing's all about, isn't it? So, um, mm. It was lovely lovely to see them them running against each other, and uh, very very seldom does in in any sport. But when 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 uh, when when a match is built um, to you know got the hype going into it that uh, that this race had, it's seldom does the does the sort of action live up to the hype. Um, yeah. But but in this case, it certainly did. Yeah, absolutely. Were, were you surprised as I was at? Uh you know, coming up to the last that Shiskin was, was behind because I thought uh, I thought she'd A, lead from the start and, and probably stay there, but that didn't turn out to be the case. Yeah, Inertia Mean never never missed a beat, did he? He was given no. a wonderful ride by, by Paul Townend and um, jumped from fence to fence and certainly going right-handed and assessing the fractions that he did, it looked like he, he had Shiskin beaten. Shiskin sl- sort of slightly jumped out to his right, pecked mm. at one and uh, jumped out to his left, sorry. Pecked at one and um, didn't do, did, you know, did did a few things wrong and still managed to get up and, and win. So mm. uh, I think it was a fair performance by the winner. 
plenty of guts, that's for sure. So to come back as, as a, you know, it was it wasn't a very long distance that he had to catch up and get in front, but he did it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So uh, yeah, Lucy, I, I was up at Haydock, but Lucy, Lucy took the kids along, and hopefully it was a race that they'll 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 remember for for a long time. Mm, quite. He's got an awful lot of cards in his hand, doesn't he? Uh, who, who's that? Sorry. Nicky Nicky Henderson. Nicky Henderson, yeah. No, he's got some nice horses for sure. Yeah, he really does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good. Okay, then, Jamie, I think that's about our time slot has been exceeded, actually. So thank you very much for that. Um, Have a good weekend. Plenty of winners. um, And hopefully I can regain my £2.50 from somewhere. Oh, that'd be kind. Fingers crossed. Thanks, Eddie. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Jamie. See you soon. All the best. Take care. Right, well, good afternoon, Nick. Um, uh, um, not a brilliant day at Wincanton, but one non-runner, I think, wasn't it? So you only had the one run. Yeah, yeah, quiet day, um, which is um, leading up to a busy few days. So, um, yeah, yeah, looking forward to the weekend. Uh, so tell us, what have you got lined up over the weekend? Anything exciting? Uh, got some couple of nice rides at Weatherby, um, small chances, and then we head to Doncaster Friday. And then I'd imagine I'll be Cheltenham. Well, I am, I think, at Cheltenham or being well on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then somewhere Sunday. And and out of, you know, those four days, anything that you know of at the moment that sort of stands out as being a, 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 a good chance? Well, I, I guess the obvious one would be Santini um, in the Cotswold Chase. Yeah. Um, he was obviously second in the Gold Cup behind Albion Photo back in the day. So, um, yeah. It's a good ride to pick up, and um, yeah, he'd be the obvious one. What was the ground like at Wincanton today? Uh, no, it was fine. Yeah, good to soft. So um, yeah, they've done a great job up there. So the the, the the frost that we're getting are not causing too much of a problem to the to the racing. And it's not not to every horse's liking. It. This tacky ground's never ideal, but um, it's the same for everybody. And it's quite a bit weird, you know. Uh, Doncaster this weekend we're actually watering which seems a bit strange in January um, yeah. we could do it with a drop of rain and um, uh, but you know I'm sure it'll come we are in January so so a fair few miles to cover then Weatherby, Doncaster, where else was it you said? Cheltenham Saturday yeah. um, and then probably Fulmore Sunday and uh, Hereford Monday Frost yeah. last Tuesday. Yeah, no, it's busy enough. Never let anybody say a jockey's job is easy because, by God, all that mileage and everything else, it's not easy, is it? No, no. <laughs> good. Well, look, thanks for that, Nick. Um, have a good weekend. Yeah. As many winners Thank as you. you can come up with. And um, yeah. we'll look forward to speaking to you again next week. Well, good evening, Dave. How are you today? Yeah, very well, Adrian. Had a nice day out of Wincanton yesterday and... Uh, Went there to back two horses and both won. Danny Kerwin, uh, Paul Nichols Chaser, he won very nicely and won a Warren Great Tricks in the last uh, horse called a Buffalo Soldier. And uh, well, I think there's a lot more to come from that horse in uh, in the future and we'll keep an eye out for him. He, he won very nicely. Oh, jolly good. Was it cold up there? No, funnily enough, it was a nice day. I think it's the first time I've ever been to Wincad without putting my big coat on. Yeah. So uh, it was uh, a very strange strange day and very nice up there, and the sun was shining. And uh, the good thing was it was very, very busy as well on, for a yeah. midweek class, for a midweek card. Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah, very that's good. good. And you yeah. came away with money in your pocket, so it can't be a bad day then. 
No, that's it. So uh, it was a good day. Went there, had two bets, two winners, walked out happy. Yeah, so, well, can't knock it, mate. Can't knock it. No, that's it. But I must say, Danny Danny Kerwin, he's jumping. He was huge over the fences. There. Was he? Yeah. Never seen a horse jump so bold. He was. Oh, if he stays the four miles, I think he'd be a Grand National horse in a year or two's time. Yeah. So, uh, Want to keep a lookout for, but yeah. very, very impressive. So. Totally good. Okay. Right then, so we're going yeah. to Cheltenham today then, are we? We're going to Cheltenham for Saturday, and we're going to have a look through the card there. We're going to start off with a 12.15 race, and the horse we <coughs> like in here is called Glory and Honour. Stan Shepherd takes a ride for Tom Lacey. Last time out, he ran in a chase race, and he, he fell, and he's reverting back to hurdles again for this. And prior to that, we backed him in a race at Taunton, and that was all the way back in October now. It seems doesn't seem that far away, but it obviously is. Yeah. And he looked in need of a run that day. He finished second, and he, he got beat by a well-handicapped horse called Sea the Sea, who was getting £7 from a jockey at the time called Peter Kavanagh, who's turned out to be well worth every ounce of a, a claim that he got then, and he's uh, attached to Donald McLean and having a great season, that lad. So, uh, but the line to form that we like about this horse, he, he, he won at Taunton last year. He beat a horse called Camprond. Now, Camprond's come out and won a couple of Class 1 races this year, and his handicap mark's gone all the way up to about 138, I think it is at the moment. Uh, Glory and Honour beat him off a level weight, and he's only running off a handicap mark of 126. So, so we know he's got the ability there, and uh, as, as he's had his run over the chase fences and he's reverting back to hurdles, we think he's going to be in good shape to have a good race. And he's priced up at around about 20 to 1 with William Hills at the moment, so he's worth having a small each way bet on him there in, uh, in the 12.15. Glory and Honour. Okay, well done. Moving down to the 12.45, we've got an Irish raider in here who looks a little bit special, a little bit hot. He's called Pied Piper, going to be ridden by Davy Russell and trained by Gordon Elliott. He was trained in the in England previously by John Gosden on the flat, and he had a handicap mark of around about 90 when he was with John Gosden. Now, as we always say, if you add 40 to it for their National Hunt handicap marks, he should be handicapped at around about 130-ish. Now, he's only had one race to date for the Gordon Elliott team, and in that race, he won a 20-runner maiden at Punchestown, and he beat a horse called Vauban, who was 4-9 to nine to win the race, and it's uh, Rich Ritchie, Willie Mullins' horse that he beat, and it did cost a lot of money, so obviously Pied Piper's adapted to the hurdling very well, because Vauban had already won two races out in France before coming over and uh, joining uh, the Willie Mullins yard. So... He's priced up at around about six to four, and uh, I'd suggest having a nice little bet on him in that race. He looks to be uh, a little bit special in the betting in that one in the twelve forty-five pipe pipe. Hold it, hold it there a minute, Dave. Are you caressing your phone, or I'm getting a peculiar sort of noise coming through, like maybe you're moving your hand on your phone or something? No. Huh. I don't know, it's this most peculiar sort of noise in the background. Where it just sort of, I don't know. Oh, I don't worry, I just thought I'd mention it in case you were. Yeah, no. I'm not doing anything, just that you were finding me, finding me big myth. Yeah, OK, so, well, don't worry about it, you carry on. OK. All right, so we're moving on down to the 120 race, and... Uh, 
we like the chances of solo in this one. Uh, going to be ridden by Harry Cobden, trained by Paul Nichols, and the uh, first of about three horses that we like from the Nichols team on the card here. He's been in three chase races so far, and uh, he's come second twice and come third in the other ones. So he's doing okay in the chases, and this is a novice chase race. Uh, he. He didn't look last time out that he enjoyed the soft going when he got beaten by Edward Stone, but prior to that he had two seconds and uh, had run very well in them. He's got good course form over the, the, the track at Cheltenham. He ran eighth in the Triumph Hurdle back in March 2020. And this fellow, he also won the Adonis, which is a Class 1 Grade 2 race at Kempton, and he won that by 13 lengths in 2020. But he seemed to lose his form over hurdles after that. And uh, obviously he's gone chasing now, and he, his form seems to be coming back. And uh, he should have a very good chance in this race. And he's priced up at around about five to one at the moment, so he's worth having a, a little leap way bet on him there in the one twenty court. And that's solo. Alrighty, hope. <coughs> Moving down to the one fifty five, another Nichols horse called Magic Saint, and this one's going to be ridden by Tom Buckley. He's a five pound claimer, and he's ridden him for the last couple of races. Now, Magic Saint's been very well supported this week in the anti-post markets for this race. He was originally priced up at around about 8-1, to one, and he's all the way into fours now. Now, last time out, he came cruising into the race where he finished fourth, and he just hit the hit the last fence, and it seemed to knock the stuffing out of him, and he faded on the run, and he ended up getting beaten about 10 lengths. Uh, I would imagine that the digit team will have him wound right up to this one and uh, the handicap has dropped him two pounds as well so he's well in on the weights and he had a fair few of these horses in behind him in that race as well and uh, as I say if he hadn't ploughed through the last fence and uh, jumped it nicely I think he'd have got a lot closer to Vienna Court and simply the bet so uh, here's our tip in this one Magic Saint in the 155 righty Moving down to the 2.30 race, uh, one we just mentioned, simply the bet. Uh, Harry Cobden takes the ride for Paul Nichols. Uh, he's only had three runs since he's moved to the Digit team, and uh, he's come on for each one of them runs. As you say, he finished ahead of Magic Saint last time out, and he got beaten a length and three quarters by Vienna Court. Uh, that was in a handicap. He's back in a Class 1 race here, and the main danger to him is going to be Chantry House. Now, Chantry House was in the King George last time out and got pulled up. But he was never travelling in that race and wasn't going very well at all. And it's only a month since that run, so I can't really see Mickey Henderson's turn too much around with Chantry House from that run yet. Now, simply the best priced up at around about 130, and I think he's worth taking a little chance on him there to get the better of uh, Chantry House. And uh, if it was a handicap race, simply the bets is basically a pound well in on the on the weights and the handicaps there so uh, it's going to be our suggestion in the 230 simply the bets simply the bets it is moving down to the 305 race uh, my favourite horse of all time champ is in here John Joe O'Neill Jr. takes the ride for Nicky Henderson now this fella he won the RSA chase at Cheltenham two years ago and when he comes to the last fence he was 10 lengths behind Manila Manila Indo and picked him up like he stood still coming up towards the line and three miles is the trip that this horse has been screaming for but he hasn't really taken to the chase fences and he's reverted back to hurdles and last time out he, 
he'd been off for 274 days and he came out in a long wall hurdle and absolutely cruised around and destroyed the field. He, he won how he wanted, basically. And he had Paisley Park, who's second favourite, and it's won five and a half lengths behind him. And there's no way re- the form's going to get reversed on a track that Champ really excels on. But he's priced up at once too, but you can't tip against him. And uh, he's a horse that I'd be putting in doubles and trebles with a couple of the other horses in, on the on the day so uh, we'll go with him in the 305 air champ do you think uh, pacey parker's ever going to get back his his winning form uh, you know every week because of his history i suppose and you know every race it comes out oh it's pacey park he's going to win and yet he's he's not done it for three races now do you think he's past his best i don't know emma lavelle's gets him wound up for a for a good race and what you've got to remember is these horses are being aimed at the big ones for March mm. and it, it, it's who's who's bringing them along at, at what rate at the moment and you've got to try and guess who's who's on form who's not on form who's got the work going into them who's getting them prepared and the unfortunate thing is Cheltenham Festival's taken over the national hunt scene and it's like they, they don't really care how many times they win in a year as long as they win at the Cheltenham Festival yeah. but Paisley Park's been coming along nicely but as we say in this race here Champ's been off for 274 days he come out in long walk hurdle at Kempton and he just trotted round and I think he could have gone into reverse gear and still beat them in that race there that's how, how much he was uh, on top of them all mm. but we'll have to see but like as you say like Paisley Park he's, he's done it a couple of years ago is he over the hill now? Is it, is it taking too much out of him? Can he get back to some of these other horses that are less exposed and got less mileage under their belts as well? It's uh, it's a hard thing to say, but we'll have to wait and see, as, mm. as I say. But mm. Okay. Fair enough. Anyway, moving down to the 340 race. This race is very, very nice to look at. You've got Hillcrest in there who's won his last four, a different kind who's won his last five. Balco Coastal who's won his last two and has got a big reputation at the Nicky Henderson yard, but the horse that we're napping for the weekend is Hillcrest. He came out last time and he beat a horse called I Am Maximus, uh, another one of the Nicky Henderson team who's very highly thought of, and Hillcrest won very nicely against him there. Richard Patrick takes a ride for Henry Daly and he's priced up at 13 to 8 at the moment, but it's one of them races that we think he's far superior and he is a horse that we've got on our shortlist for some of the festival races and he's banging form as well, so we're going to be lumping on him as our map better 13 to 8 in there. Okay. Last race on the card, uh, 4.15, the, the flat race, as they call it, or the National Hump Bumper. And yeah. what do you look for when you look for the bumpers? Paddy Brennan and Fergal O'Brien. And they've got one in here called Hidden Beauty. Priced up at around about 9-2 at the moment, and I'd suggest getting on that because I can't see it staying 9-2. Now... She's had one run and one win, and she was in last place at Fosslass with about a furlong and a half to go, and the ground was absolutely horrendous. It was like a bog. Liam Harrison, who was riding her that day, just gave a shake of her reins, and she just bolted past the field. Mm. It was one of the most impressive bumper wins I've seen this season, and uh, obviously you've got Paddy Brennan taking the ride this time, and he rides Cheltenham better than any other jockey around at the moment he's he's got his way of doing things at Cheltenham and he keeps bagging race after race up there so 
we're going to have a nice bet on Hidden Beauty. And as I say, she's priced up at nine to two at the moment. The horse that come third in that race at Foss Last was a horse called Time for Holly. And she come out at Utoxitary. She won by about four or five lengths herself. So the form is rock solid. And as I say, if you if you watch the Foss Last race, Hidden Beauty just had one shake of the reins and she just bolted past the field. Very classy performance. And I was very, very impressed with it. So uh, we're getting on her in the uh, 4.15 now. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Dave. That uh, sounds like some good ones there. They certainly, you know, when you look at them, they look to be a few winners there, but uh, you never know, do you? You just don't know. Which you never know. I suppose that's why we love it so much, isn't it? We do, and obviously we had a great race last weekend, Shiskin and Inerjame. Yeah. And uh, obviously we sided with the right one, and uh, I, when they come to meet at Cheltenham, I, I think Shiskin will win by even further, because... He picked him up on the flat track at Kempton and uh, run past him on the running. And when you come to Cheltenham, you've got to remember you've got that big stiff hill at the end of a race. And mm. uh, if a nurse is not going to be that far in front of Shishkin going up that hill, Shishkin powers up that hill like he has done before. And he's got the experience there where the nurse not got the experience of running around Cheltenham. As they say, it's one of them things, and that heel breaks their hearts if they haven't got the stamina left in the tank. And uh, we know Shishkin has the stamina, and he goes up that heel very nicely at, at yeah. the end of the race. Uh, I think he'll, he'll prove on top of that one there if they do clash again. Uh, I must admit, I was surprised to see Shishkin so far back as she was, or he was, um, in the race. I, I just expected Shishkin to be in the lead, I think. I suppose that's what I thought. But but you couldn't you couldn't but but admire the way he picked up and he was not going to be beaten was he? No, you well, Nico Nico de Boiva who rode him he said coming into the home straight he thought he was cooked so he didn't think he was going to get mm. up and get and get a challenge in but the horse is just so gritty and uh, it's just one of the things I think is he he's a superior horse to the Nurjame and I think he'll prove it at Cheltenham but as I say time will tell and Willie Mullins isn't no uh, backstreet trainer he'll have a trick up his sleeve or two to get a Nurjame up there as well but it'll be great to see again but I just mm-hmm. think that he'll at the end of a two mile race will prove too much for Nurjame and I think she's going to be powering up it well we're only going to wait till March and we'll be able to find out won't we we will. Long wait yet, but we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. Lovely job. Well, thanks, Dave. Um, we will speak to you next week, and um, hopefully we've got a few winners there. Right, well, now it's time to catch up with the cheeky chappy who's up at Lambourne. It's Colin Brown. Good morning, Colin. How are we? Yeah. I don't know about cheeky chappy. I do. I mean, I don't know about this cheeky chappy stuff. Oh. I thought I was just a pretty straightforward person, not a cheeky chappy. No, 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 no. Wearing shirts, go. wearing shirts like you've got, you definitely are a cheeky chappy. So, <laughs> right, okay. Just, just accept just it. Not, I always say, I always say to people, my shirts, and I've got about sixty of them. I'm showing off a bit there, but they are all a bit wacky. But I, they're just normal shirts. I thought. I don't think they're any. Anything different to you know a boring white one? Well, really, what what, what you ought to do next time you're at say Ascot or or someone say look, go up to a few punters and say excuse me, I'm doing a bit of research. Could you tell me what do you think of my shirt? I bet you'll be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> you are, yeah maybe yeah maybe 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 uh, yeah no a few people do comment and say Christ that's a, that's a little bit of a loud one yeah but that's okay. 
Um, I, I do actually sometimes, just quickly, I do the race day presentations at Ascot. Um, and I still don't sort of dress down just because I'm at Ascot because they are quite fussy, you know. They're, they're a lovely, lovely bunch. Um, but, you know, the committee are sort of, you know, we've got... Oh, um, rules is rules, boy, them. isn't it? Yeah, but rules is rules as much as, like, uh, you know, I just don't want to change just because I'm doing that job in the parade ring. No. Presenting to one of the, you know, royal family or whatever it might be, shakes and whatever at Tasker, mm. but no, I don't change. Right, let's give you some winners. Let's okay. start with Lingfield, 348. Is that all right? Yeah, fine. Easy peasy here. It's trained by Harry and Roger Charlton, and it's called Small Print. Um, they've just joined... Um, together as father and son trainers, a bit like Gosden and Cole and everybody, mm -hmm. Crisford. And this one uh, won at, before they were father and son trainers, names on the license. Yeah. And um, and it won quite nicely, ran on well, beat the Berkshire Phoenix, which is up against it again today. But I would say it will win. So that's the uh, first winner for Harry and Roger Charlton together in the 348 at Lingfield Park. Okay. Um, the the uh, the next winner at Lingfield is where are we? The next winner at Lingfield. I've sort of gone past the race. I'll be perfectly honest because I want to just pick them up. The um, the Charltons, but it doesn't matter as long as I tell mm. listeners exactly which race I'm talking about. Yeah. It doesn't really matter, does it? Really? No, not really. Um, oh, not really. This is not really. Mm. Um, the the next winner uh, at Lingfield is my computer's gone a bit slow on me. Um, here we go. It's in the two thirty eight, um, and it's horse number two, Chance, trained by Simon and Ed. Crisford, so another father-son uh, trainer's combination. So that's my other selection. Chance, it's called. It is the favourite, but I do think it will win. Um, I think it will take a little bit of beating, I would say. The main danger to it is probably a horse called Palaficino, uh, trained by Brian Meehan. I don't think that will be far away. So that's the forecast, if you like, in this race. Palaficino and chance number one and number two put them in a reverse exactor okay will do let's move to doncaster it's sky sports racing uh day up there we've got the albert bartlett river don novices hurdle we've got the uh big chase up there lightning novices chase in fact even i'm going to doncaster tomorrow sadly but there we are um it's a fair journey from me, South Yorkshire. Yeah. But there we go. Got, got to be done. Well, um, while you're up there, but I'll just make okay. a quick point. Yeah. You said about Albert yeah. Bartlett. Have you, you really must try some of their frozen chips. Classic ones. They're lovely. They're, <laughs> okay. they're tiny little thin ones, but they're okay. really nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there's a tip for everybody. Uh, but the trouble is, Waitrose in Crewcurd is hopeless. They've never got the damn things in there. But you know, oh, no. that's just a problem. But who, who, do, who do you get in touch with, though? That is the point. 
That is a good advert for Waitrose and, 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 and uh, mm. Kruger, isn't it? Yeah, well, it is, yeah. But it's well, not I don't know who you get in touch with. No, if, I, I I see, um, if I see Mr. Bartlett there tomorrow, I'll mention yeah. to get those blooming chips down to Kruger for yeah. my old mate, A.D. Hopper. Absolutely. Yeah, They're nice, yeah. so I can recommend them. Oh, lovely. I'll uh, get a pack of those. Yeah, yeah. That's blooming lovely. Right, right, what wins at Doncaster? I think the first race will probably go to Horsgall Gala de Corton, trained by Paul Nichols at one at Doncaster by 16 lengths last time out. Um, funny old, well, I wouldn't say it's a funny old track. It's a pretty fair track, really, but sometimes the ground there can be a little bit different. But if you've had a horse that's gone there and won, then I think you'll probably win again. So this was second in Naples Hill at Wincanton in November, and it won on the 29th of December with Angus Chalida in the saddle, uh, one of my old coaches. Number two, Gala, Gala de Court, and I think we're all we're at Doncaster. Okay. Right, on to the one o'clock there at Donny. Do I fancy anything in this race as I go? I couldn't remember what race it was. What's a curry bought for lunch? No, didn't really fancy anything in that race, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm going to move to the 115 and... Or even the uh, 135? Even the 135, I saw five in it. Um, yeah, third time lucky is the favourite and he's a pretty short price, but a mate of mine owns a horse called Do Your Job. And that was second to Edward Stone last time out at Kempton in the Wayward Lab Novice Chase. Wasn't a bad run, to be honest. Solo was back in third. Rara, rara, rara time was back and forth. And the favourite in today's race, which is third time lucky, has been beaten further than Do Your Job was there. So I reckon this horse has got a chance. I really do um, in this two-horse race. But I will just throw one in here as well. Um there's only three runners for pleasure. I was at Plumpton the other day when that won. And I tell you what, did enough jump for fun and win easily. Yeah. Um, and although it's running off level weights, not on ratings, it shouldn't beat third time lucky or do your job. You know, it's well, you know people, what people say, back the outsider are free. Mm. Wouldn't be the biggest, wouldn't be the biggest mistake, but I'm going to stick with do your job. But for pleasure, wouldn't be the biggest mistake to back the outsider are free. Okay. Don't say I didn't tell you. No, Don't you, you told tell us. You. I've told you. Right, on to the um, 210. This is the Yorkshire Rose Mayor's Hurdle. And um, I tell you what, the owners group is such a good, fun group to be with. They have tons of winners. And um, they run a horse here called Miranda. They're stepping her up a little bit. But um, Chalida rode her last time out. Brownie Frost rides of the day. Miranda. Horse number one for me wins the two ten at Doncaster. Okay. Um, right. Well, oh gosh, Josh Moore's back riding. Just amazing, Josh Moore. You know, he had such a bad fall only about two months ago. Broke vertebras and ribs, and you know, his back. And now he's back riding. Quite amazing. He is as hard as nails. Last win, a ride was 145 days ago, and he's back again riding a horse called Unanswered Prayer in the uh, in the big one. And it's 11 to 4 favourite in my on my book. One at Wincanton last time at Tom Cannon rode it. It's got some good form. Let's wish Josh Moore a winning return at Doncaster in a big race as well. Nice um 
Grade 2, the River Don, the Albert Bartlett Chips, River Don Hurdle. Unanswered prayer. I'll go for that one in the 245 there at um, at Doncaster. Okay. Oh, so good race the next race. It's the Skybet Chase listed race. And I tell you what, it's a race where I honestly, over the years, I've given it a little bit of thought, but never, I don't think, tip the winner of this race. It's a really, really difficult race. It really is. Um, 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 I just don't know. I could see possibly um, Fusil Raffles running a big race. He's a pretty good horse. Poor old Daryl Jacobs still out of action. This was fourth at Cheltenham last time. And also, the other horse I look out for in the race is a horse called uh, Cap Course, who won last time out as well. It's owned by uh, J.P. McManus. It won at the Elaborate Festival. And it won well, actually. It won the Sapito Sullivan Memorial. Didn't just win. It hacked up. I'm going to go Cap Course to win the 320 at Donny. But it's a very hard race. It really is a really difficult race. Um, looking for one in the last runs. No, it was a national flat race, and it was one I was looking out for, but it doesn't run, so that'll be probably running next week. Nope, we're going to go to Cheltenham now, boss. Is that all right? Yes, it is. Uh, mm, right, okay. It's some good racing here. The first race is a handicap hurdle, but looks pretty. It looks pretty um, pretty hard, to be honest. Quite a few runners, you know, people doing the play spot and stuff like that need to be mm. lucky to find the winner unless it's wide open. So we'll move to what might be a slightly easier race. It's the JCB Triumphal Trial, race I won once on horse called Gopher, mm-hmm. around to win the Hennessy Gold Cup in my retirement. Um, but what wins this again? It's a pretty good little race. Your mate, Norton Harris, has got a runner in it. There was an easy winner from Cuban Cigar at Kempton the other day. Whether that's good enough to win, I just don't know. Um, well, I know they like it. They like, they like the horse, and, uh, you know, they're, they've they got eyes on, on the Triumph Hurdle, I think. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's not unfancied, that's for sure. Okay. Um, I think the horse that will probably take the beating is um, Gordon Elliott brings one over there called Pied Piper. They paid 225 grand out of John Goldstein's yard for this. Mm. What a lot of money. Yeah. Eh? And yeah. I mean, it was raised 89 on the flat. It did win four lengths at Blessed the last time it ran. But I remember it running some quite good races uh, throughout the year. And it hacked up from 19 other runners at Punchestown on its. Um, first uh, run kept on well i would say this probably will win he doesn't mind a little bit of cutting the ground he jumped for fun that day and uh, i would say that's the one to be on and that is pied piper uh, in the uh, in the triumph trial the 1245 there at cheltenham okay um the time Time for Novice Handicap Chase. I remember winning this once on a horse called Coombs Ditch. Bred uh, endorsed it by the Tories. And he hacked up that day from one of Jim Jolt's. It's always been a good race, this. And it's always been sponsored by Timeform. So well done to Timeform for keeping their sponsorship up. I think um, 
the one that will take the beating in the race is um, Imperial Alcazar up the top, trained by Fergal O'Brien. Paddy Brennan rides this one, and uh, again, it is trained for a really well-run syndicate, the Imperial Racing Partnership, and I think that will win. Number one, Imperial Alcazar in our third race at Cheltenham. Um, right, on to the big one. This is the Paddy Power Countdown podcast. I don't know what is the sponsor on that one. Yeah, but it goes on a bit. What wins at Christ is a hard race again. One of those handicap chases where, you know, I think it's just a little bit difficult. But there's a horse in there called Jack Ma. Uh, Jack Ma, trained again by your friend. Milton uh, Harris, yeah. Milton Harris. Yeah, one at Kempton. Uh, over the Christmas period, and um, Danny Mullins rode it that day. Actually, 130, only went up three pounds. It would have a chance, and it's an each way price. So that's all I'll say about it. Jack mm. Amar in the uh, 155 at Cheltenham. Right. Uh, now, Nicky Henson's Gold Cup horse pulled up last time at Chantry House, and that was in the what was it in? It was in the King George, I think, and um, he's. Very disappointing, but he is a very good horse. He's been working well at home. Chantry House to take the Cotswold Chase, another race that I've won in the past on Leslie Hanfish, third on there, on Coombs Ditch. Um, so yeah, a few of these old races I recognize. Um, the Cleave Hurdle, I won this oh many years ago. God. All your listeners, is all it, your listeners are thinking, Is there no end to this? They'll be thinking he is a cocky little... Uh, that's what they'll be thinking. Mm. Um, but what wins it? Champ will win. It's two to one on, mind you. But Champ should win. But do you know what? He beat Paisley Park last time out. They both are two, They both are um, ten-year-olds. But Paisley Park is about four to one. And Champ, who beat him last time out at Asker, is one to two on. You know, pretty short price, really. Yeah. For a horse that... Um, you know, isn't always reliable champ. So I, I've always followed him. I put him up when he won the RSA, but um, champ may win. But, you know, Paisley Park's got to be a massive, massive danger. Uh, right. Well. And talking about champs, our female champ we have mentioned today, and that's Mary. Yeah. I hope Mary's listening. She's a champ herself, uh, I'd say. And the way she gets out walking the dog, getting on that bike. And uh, doing all, going down the bookmakers, having the money on, having a large gin and tonic in the evening. I mean, that's the way to live when you're sort of retired and, you know, having a bit of fun, isn't it? You're dead right. Absolutely. Although, in my case, it's usually vodka. Well, yeah, it doesn't, yeah. I suppose that because it doesn't smell on your breath, does it? No, just like it. All right, okay. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, right, let's get on. Last race on the card. Um, National flat race. Always good races, these, aren't they? What about, what about the 340? You give it that one a miss? The Ballymore Novice? Yeah, I'm giving one? it a miss. Oh, yeah, right. I'm giving it a miss. Okay. Uh, there's nothing in there I could really sort of like nail myself to. So I'm going to give that a miss and get on to the last race. Uh, in, in the last race, there's a horse running called Hidden Beauty. And I know that this was so well fancied last time out. They've really backed it from five to two, 11 to four, into 
15 to 8. It's trained by Fergal O'Brien, written by um, who writes it today? What's his name? Right? Paddy Brennan. Uh, Paddy Brennan writes it today. Yeah, I think that will win. Hidden Beauty, number four. In the, <coughs> excuse me, in the final race, ladies and gentlemen. So that is eighty. Hopefully, we'll get a few winners this week. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Um, but I see on that last race, you, I see our friend Milton's got another one that looks half sensible. Mullenberg. Yeah, he's he's Mullenberg. Uh, what? He's a good little trainer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, he's yeah, he's uh, he's sponsored by uh, Bresbet, who also sponsor our show, of course. So uh, we're we're uh, kindred spirits, you might say. Yeah, kindred spirits. It did, I was at Ludlow the other day when it won. It did win well, but it had to be quite good to to beat. Um, had to be quite good to beat uh, the one of uh, the one of Fergal O'Brien's. Yeah, yeah. Okay then, Colin. Well, thank you very much for all of that. That's great. And uh, you know, you better get back to the painting now, and you or you know the decision yeah, making and uh, decision making, painting, all that boring stuff. Yeah. And then um, and then Doncaster tomorrow. Well, then you'll be happy, won't you? You've got to drive all the way up to Doncaster. Yeah. Oh dear, oh dear. Yeah. Rather you than me. <clears throat> I've got the grandkids coming over instead, so I should be. Uh, oh. Looking. I think I prefer to go to Doncaster. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Okay, then, Cole. Take thanks, care. thanks for that, All mate. Right. Well, that was Colin Brown up at Lambert with his selections for tomorrow, which hopefully will have a few winners in. And uh, uh, it brings us basically to the end of the show. Uh, another marathon, hour and a half nearly. We hope we've uh, entertained you. We hope we've got a few winners in there. And we hope you'll join us again next week. But in the meantime, this is A.D. Harper saying thanks for listening and have a good week.